Yo, Tracy, where are you? I'm already in the parking lot of the Museum of Ancient Life in Lehigh, Utah. Oh no, Ryan. I'm in the parking lot of the Dinosaur Museum in Blanding, Utah. Blanding, Utah? What the what? Well, this is why we don't say, let's meet in the best dino museum in Utah. Yeah, you're probably right. But how could I have known there's so many dinosaur activities in one state? Okay, listen. New idea. Let's meet in Salt Lake City at the Museum of Natural History. But Tracy, that'll take so long, and you know that I'm riding a scooter. Well, I have a good idea for how to make the time fly by. I'll send you some of our best 10 news segments on dinosaurs and ancient creatures. Okay, that actually sounds pretty great. Send it on over, Cap. I'm Ryan Willard, that's Tracy Leeds Kaplan, and this is a 10 News Road Trip Remix. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. From feathers to tails and bones to fossilized poop, paleontologists have uncovered tons of secrets about dinosaurs. With so much science, we could go on for 65 million years. But for now, let's run down this list of five fascinating finds. Number one, a tail trapped in time. A paleontologist made dino history when he found a feathered dinosaur tail trapped in amber. Individual feathers had been found before, but never attached to a skeleton. While this may sound like a scene from Jurassic Park, you won't find any dino DNA here. Oh man. Number two. Digging through dino dung sounds gross, but fossilized poop, called coprolites, have taught us so much. Ew! Coprolites are actually pretty rare, but by examining the fossils that have been found, paleontologists have been able to discover way more about the ancient ecosystems that these prehistoric poopers lived in. <laughs> Number three, their true colors. Using high-tech microscopes, paleontologists can now see teeny tiny details of dinosaur feathers and skin. And by comparing these structures with those in living animals, scientists have been able to tell what colors dinosaurs might have been. Wow. The first dinosaur to be recreated in full color was a chicken-sized feathered dinosaur called Anchiornis. It had black and white patterns and a big, bright red head. <laughs> Number four, snow days. Dinosaurs having a snowball fight seems pretty crazy. I know, but actually there were polar dinosaurs. No way. Paleontologists have found all sorts of fossils recently that show that some dinosaurs stayed in the snow year round. Others suggest they may have made burrows during the coldest seasons. Smart. Number five, super swimmer. Nope, it's not a shark. It's a Spinosaurus, the first semi-aquatic dinosaur ever discovered. Spinosaurus had a huge sail on its back and a tail that looks like a giant oar. Paleontologists think they used it like a paddle to swim and chase down its prey. Who wants to dive in first? Isn't it cool to think of dinosaurs playing in the snow? Yeah, I can imagine a T-Rex ripping the guts out of a smaller dino and the blood splurting everywhere, turning the snow red. Oh wow, Ryan, that is dark. That's just how life was in the Mesozoic. It was a dino-eat-dino -dino world. That reminds me. 
you remember Lane reporting on a little dino called the chicken from H.E. Double Hockey Sticks? No way. I gotta hear this. Have you ever looked at an ostrich and thought, man, I wish this bird was bigger, more ferocious, and armed with long razor-like claws? If so, then you're in luck, because such a creature does exist. Well, did exist. Standing at 10 feet tall and weighing roughly 650 pounds, the feathered dinosaur Anzu Wileyi once roamed our planet. Yikes. Paleontologists have been intrigued by the bird-like dinosaur, nicknamed the chicken from hell, since its discovery in 1998. And now, Anzu is in the news once again, following a very successful fossil dig at the Hell's Creek Geological Formation. This past summer, a team of paleontologists, volunteers, teachers, and students successfully unearthed the fossilized remains of four different dinosaurs. Amongst the fossils were a pelvis, toe claw, and limbs that closely resembled those of Anzu. Okay. So, why is this such a big discovery? Well, Anzu fossils are rare. Scientists have only found a few different specimens of the dinosaur preserved in our fossil records. Unearthing more bones could result in the first complete Anzu skeleton. And who wouldn't want to see that in the Smithsonian? They're like stretched out chickens with knife fingers. <laughs> Incredible. So we can all agree that more Anzu representation in our National History Museums would be rad. But scientists have a unique interest in the dinosaur that goes beyond its interesting looks. Paleontologists love the Anzu because its existence highlights the fascinating connection between dinosaurs and birds. Now, this fact might blow your mind, but dinosaurs and birds are related. What? In fact, they are so closely related that modern-day birds are classified as avian dinosaurs. No way! Yes, you heard that correctly. Birds are a type of dinosaur, just like humans are a type of primate. Geese, sparrows, flamingos, penguins, all dinosaurs. <coughs> Sounds crazy, but it's true. Birds are the closest living relatives to theropod dinosaurs. Theropod dinosaurs were bipedal, meaning they walked upright on two feet, and included ferocious predators like the T-Rex and Velociraptor. So what does the Anzu have to do with all this bird business? Well, Anzu was a very birdy theropod that lived during the late Cretaceous era. It had feathers, a beak, and taloned feet. Despite this, Anzu was not a true bird. It had arms instead of wings, a heavy skeleton, and a long bony tail. In other words, there was no way that Anzu was taking to the sky. <laughs> Though they weren't true birds, the Anzu and other similar theropods evolved alongside some of the first species of prehistoric bird. The fact that these very different animals evolved to feature some of the same traits suggests that something from the environment during this time made bird-like traits favorable. In other words, animals that had bird-like traits that lived during that time period did really well. Way to go! Theropods like Anzu were headed for birddom when the asteroid struck our planet, killing off 75% of life on Earth, including all non-avian dinosaurs like Anzu. So who knows what have happened if that six-mile-wide space rock had flown past our orbit? Maybe we would see lighter versions of a scissored-fingered chicken from hell flying around our neighborhoods today. 
Wow, I am glad we have normal chickens and that there aren't any actual dinosaurs alive today. Well, hold that thought, Ryan. There's a company working to bring back extinct creatures. Wait, what? Like Jurassic Park? Sort of, but they're starting with a creature humans once lived alongside, the woolly mammoths. If you are a big fan of the Ice Age movies, maybe you've wondered what it might be like to hang with the real live woolly mammoth. These cousins of the modern elephant, you know, the ones with huge tusks and thick fur, haven't been gone that long. They lived as recently as 4,000 years ago. And now a new bioscience company has said they're trying to bring them back using genetic engineering. What? You heard me right. A company called Colossal, which means huge, has given themselves the really huge task of bringing back the mammoth by 2027. How will they do it? With genetics. The idea for Colossal started in the laboratory of George Church, a biologist at Harvard. He, along with researcher Dr. Ariona Hisseli, used genetic tools they invented to pinpoint the differences between a mammoth and their closest living relatives, the Asian elephant. What they found were 60 genes that controlled everything from having more fat, so mammoths can survive in the Arctic, to the mammoth's distinctive fur and domed head. So to bring back a mammoth, all they need to do is start with the not yet born elephant, remove the genes that make it an elephant, and replace them with those mammoth genes. Sounds easy, right? Uh, help? <laughs> Not really. Their big idea also comes with huge problems to overcome. Mammoths are hard to work with because they're so big. To grow a baby mammoth in a test tube would take two years, and it could weigh more than 200 pounds. Whoa. No one has ever done this with an elephant, never mind a mammoth. Most other scientists don't believe they can pull this off. But regardless of whether they can create a mammoth or not, the founders argue that the process is worth learning about. Researching how to bring back mammoths might help develop new techniques for species that are endangered, giving them a genetic boost to adapt to climate change or fight disease. That's great. This is cool research, and I sure hope they can help endangered animals. But this definitely sounds a little too close to Jurassic Park for my taste. Clever girl. Whoa, that's so cool. One day soon we could be hanging out with woolly mammoths. Hey Ryan, I'm pulling into the museum now. Perfect, me too. I can't wait to see fossils galore. And Ryan, remember to do an outro. I'm on a cap, but first, here's a quick note for the grown-ups. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust? You need Shopify for retail. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. 
Shopify's sleek, reliable POS hardware takes every major payment method and looks fabulous at the same time. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lifestyle, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lifestyle to take your retail business to the next level today. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a story time podcast with your littles? Something that has some great storytelling and maybe some conversation about it? Look no further. With Story Time with Philip and Mommy, my little guy Philip and I sit down every single day and read a story together. And we, of course, want you to join us. Grab your copy of the book, sit down, let's read it, and let's talk about it. We'll learn new words, we'll learn new ideas, and then we'll learn how we can use those stories in our lives. It's a lot of fun. Classics like Little Golden Books or Bernstein Bears, all the way up through the newest phenomenons like Bluey. We talk about them and we have a lot of laughs. It's a great time and we hope that you can come and join us. So please look for us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Storytime with Philip and Mommy. Thanks so much. We'll see you there. This has been a 10 News Road Trip Remix. Technically, we're off for the summer, but look out for a road trip remixes and re-airing of some of our favorite episodes all summer long. I'm Ryan Willard, and thanks for listening to The 10 News. Hope you're having a great summer and staying cool, kind, and informed. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Have you ever wondered who the Mary was from Bloody Mary? If the Loch Ness Monster was real, or if Ouija boards actually worked? On each episode of the family-friendly Unspookable, we look at the histories and mysteries behind your favorite scary stories, myths, and urban legends to get the real stories behind the scares. Want to solve your next mystery? Find and follow Unspookable now wherever you get your podcasts.